Welcome to That Shady Buffalo Podcast, a podcast about unimportant things that for some reason are important to us. I am your host, David Cole, and this week we are starting a brand new series as we walk through the films of the Jurassic Park franchise. And when I think about Jurassic Park and the, and fans of Jurassic Park and the kind of people I'd want to have uh, talk to me about Jurassic Park, the first person I think of is Spencer McCreary. So I've got, <laughs> I got number one with a bullet. So I've got Spencer here with me. And what we're going to do, just like we did with the Star Wars, uh, the, the main nine movies, the main saga films, um, we're going to have one person with me and we'll bring in a third person for every different movie. So for this one, we're going to be having Christian Stafford join us again. Uh, and we'll get into why I have you because this movie and you and I and this movie go back, I don't know what, like 15. So, so far. 20 years, probably. probably almost, almost, almost all the way back. More than 20 years for sure. So um, I'm like doing math really poorly right now. It's late, you know, not really, but I'm old. Uh, so, <laughs> so let's go ahead and kind of have that conversation there. So. Spencer, why don't you start us off with just like how you became a fan of Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. um, how if you can remember some of your first memories with this movie specifically, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, th- any young child has a thing about dinosaurs, I would say. So, I mean, I feel like that's everybody's first real thing to it. And there's not yeah. a lot of good dinosaur. Like it was like this and land before uh, before time, before time. And that it put steven spielberg's guys fingers in both of them so <laughs> no which no is traumatic in its own right oh my god man I'm, i can't even look at a tree star but um the so i mean this is this is the first adult movie i remember watching as a child this movie's nearly as old as uh, I, I can't christian i can't remember your birth year but it's it, same it year, is yeah. same yep. year okay 93. so this movie is as old or nearly as old as all of us. So, I mean, this is my first real adult. This is the first movie I remember hearing profanity in. I remember being like, oh, I've never heard that before. So you repeat it to your parents and they're like, oh no. But uh, (laughs) but those are not the words from movies you say. But uh, no, but the, the... I have a lot of memories of this and my grandparents' house. My grandpa on my mom's side in particular, he would have like that. I don't, this is such an old dated reference, but he was like a part of like a package you sign up for on television where they send you movies. Like you get like a movie a month or something. My dad did it for CDs, uh, nice. but he had the first two on VHS and he had like a man cave basement. And I can remember <laughs> watching the first two on repeat all the time uh so i mean i don't i i kind of lost track of what i was doing in there but uh <laughs> no you're so good you're good that's this I, I was a super fan of this as a kid love the second one and then like as they came back it kind of brought me back again and we can talk about that stuff another time <laughs> yeah that's fine that's fine uh christian what about you yeah um i kind of fall into the same boat spencer you know it's growing up one of the first big fascinations you have is dinosaurs. And that's one of the things that in making this film Spielberg talks about is capturing that childlike fascination with dinosaurs. And I was definitely part, part of that club, Um, you know, between land before time and Jurassic park um, like you as well. This is probably one of the first movies that I remember hearing profanity in. Um, This is also one of the first movies that I think my parents may have like, hit the skip button or the mute button once or twice yeah. um, <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna... like trying to anticipate it and they're always being like a half second delay and then never getting it right anyway 
Just the, Christian, I'm going to interrupt you just real quick for a for a Gary McCreary story. I've made several oh, jokes yes. about my dad being dead, but like he dad was actually quite funny. But even all the way through high school, my dad would like he would he would turn the captions on so we could like read the movie, but then he would mute it or yell over the top of profanity. He's like, "Dad, I'm I'm a teenager. I can, I can read. I can read. <laughs> I can read it. If anything, you're making me say it instead of just hear it." <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I just that's felt, hilarious. It, it felt relevant. Go ahead. Yes. No, fits right in there. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like that's when I first kind of got involved with it very, very early on. Um, of course, David, you and I, mm-hmm. so, similar to Star Wars, we kind of both have similar introductions to both of those. Yeah, where you know, there's a lot of marketing towards kids for an, for an adult movie. There are a lot of marketing towards kids for <laughs> yes. these, and, and um, you know. Planet Grandparents' House with the Jurassic Park and the Lost World toys. Yeah. Um, you know, going on family vacations and every year going to the same place. And the same building we stayed at had a pretty good sized movie collection. And the one movie <laughs> we watched yeah. every single year was Jurassic Park because yeah. David or I would beg our parents to death. And then finally, <laughs> they would just put the movie on to make a shut up. Yeah, I think that you both mentioned like this being one of the first adult movies to me, and I think Christian is probably similar. To me, it was one of the three. I don't know which one was first exactly because I was a little kid, but it was this movie, uh, A New Hope, and Indiana Jones and the uh, Raiders. No, 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 uh, uh, not Raiders. Um, the first one. I can't, I'm blanking right now. What in the world? I, Raiders. I can't, Raiders is the first. Oh, one. it is Raiders. Yeah, I just I thought I was wrong, so I like skipped it. Yeah, Raiders mm-hmm. of the Lost Ark. Um, so one of those three, and I think that I think that both A New Hope and Jurassic Park I watched for the first time at my grandparents because Dallas had them. And I don't know if I watched them with Dallas or just watched them there, and my grandparents were just like not really paying attention to what I was doing. <laughs> they would not have been okay with that, I don't think. Oh yeah. Um, but I do remember you guys had them too, Christian, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I I could be wrong, but I think I watched Indiana Jones for the first time with you, whereas I think that. Star Wars and and Jurassic Park I brought to you, so it was like we were just probably like bringing other things to each other. Like, hey, I remember. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you seen this? <laughs> so uh, I I remember I remember those three specifically being like feeling like you know oh this you've arrived you you can watch big boy movies now like oh yeah this is the, this is the big and this is the this is the big ones <laughs> between Jurassic Park and Indiana Jones there's something about the hero with a cowboy hat on that instantly made him. <laughs> the biggest cool guy in the whole world yeah for sure. and yeah um i mean so, say. Well, harrison yeah. ford's the original pick for alan grant anyway i did not know that <laughs> i know the, yeah there's a uh, there's a uh a old this uh, there's an old tops collector's card for like these i'll send i'll text it to you where nice. it's like they use like uh concept artwork for like the like the juvenile tyrannosaurus toy and yeah. alan has the two kids by the hand and the face is Harrison Ford. That's funny. That's See, the, awesome. pro- the problem with that is like, I don't think I would believe that he I, would be no. je- jealous of Ian. That's a it great point, be, actually. Like, Harrison Ford's not going to be jealous of anybody. No. <laughs> like, you know who I am. No. As much work as Ian puts <laughs> in in this movie. Yeah. Oh my God, it, man. It's not, it's, not, it's not enough. It would never be enough with Harrison Ford. But, uh, okay, so let's let's go ahead. We are going to, you know, go through all these movies. So let's go ahead and get into this first film and we're going to we're going to kind of break it up and segment it so we can kind of contain the conversation and focus in on different parts of the movie so we're going to start off with the very beginning obviously 
and we'll kind of leave our first marker when they get to the island. So um, for me, like my first notes are just like the font in the opening of the movie. Like mm. the font made me nostalgic. <laughs> like the every like bit of music from the very beginning. Um, and my biggest thing in the opening, obviously, is uh, that that opening with the Velociraptors, right? That um, is so important for storytelling and for the tone of the movie. Because from then, for like probably almost an hour, there's nothing else frightening, really. Other than you see the, like you get to watch them feed a raptor or the group of raptors. We don't see the raptor. So you don't see them do anything. So to set up this uh, story from the very beginning of like, there's a huge, huge threat here. Um, and you don't get to see it, just like Jaws. You know, you're hiding it, but it is a problem and you will see it eventually. So just you're, you're constantly like waiting for it and you're waiting for it and you're waiting for it as like an hour rolls by with basically no action. And you don't care because you're always like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. So that opening scene I thought was in and, and, and that scene being the first scene I thought was super important. But what do you guys have um, in the like first few scenes here? I have a few other things. But I'm going to hold back for a minute. I definitely think the... um the music to set the tone also with like the like pan flutes and stuff in the background mm-hmm. and how yeah, it'll, like, sure. it'll hit that and then it'll almost go silent for a little bit when it wants you to focus on something mm-hmm. and the camera will zoom in or it'll pan, um, you know, going into that font and see, seeing that and seeing that plastered all over everything. Um, and then going into the scene of, you know, all the like sec- security guys with the big guns and the helmets on and everything. And they're moving the vo- that Velociraptor mm. and how, you know, how everyone is super concerned about, about these things from the very beginning. So, you know, right off the bat, everybody there knows about these things and knows they're dangerous and they're, they're a problem. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all the precautions that they're taking, to the point that you know even the again the other cool guy with a cowboy hat is absolutely terrified and super concerned in Gennaro or in uh, Muldoon not Gennaro yeah Muldoon yeah um so that opening again just sets the like you said it sets the tone for the entire movie and even if they didn't kind of nod to it two or three other times throughout the film mm-hmm. it's still in the back of your head that this no, no matter what else shows up this is the big bad in the whole movie yeah spencer what about you uh i mean y'all kind of nailed the tone about this i this is i know especially david you being a huge star wars person your john williams music is always going to be star wars but it, for me it's always this movie like i like at least that's what i would say at least for, I, but, I get it honestly it's it's, it's close there's like, a, there are a few movies that he does that are, are pretty close to me like n- nearly every track is just like man this is a banger yeah for <laughs> but sure. um there's there there's a couple things about this i've thought through the years that i've noticed uh over time is which is the same thing over as over the years but um <laughs> John Hammond spends the whole movie saying that he spared no expense. I know, I love it. I feel like it's well, but but I feel like this first scene is a prime indicator that you're sparing a bit of expense, man. Like, like it's true. You got like a like a like a forklift bringing a dangerous animal. You got some dude lifting the gate. It's dark. Why is it nighttime? Yeah, why are we? We, we couldn't have waited. 
But it's this type of animal surely is nocturnal. Like, yeah. why are we doing this? Also, this is the only one of two times I've ever seen a character named Joffrey ever uh, between <laughs> Game of Thrones and this dude that gets eaten. That's um, funny. But yeah, this uh, this is uh, one of my favorite. Oh, this probably is my favorite. It's it's just between this one and one other Jurassic movie as the best opener in the yeah. franchise easily. And I think we have to also mention the the Nedry Dodson meeting. That's just like that is rightfully so very meme worthy. But it's a great inter- character introduction to Nedry, um, and mm. just like it's just like funny moment on funny moment on funny moment. But you always can. But it's, it's not it's, it's not for the sake of making you laugh so that you're entertained. It's for the sake of like showing you this character that he's doing something so um, like careless, uh, and like he is kind mm. of brash and brazen. But he has some wit and some humor, and he is an antagonist, right? From the beginning, you can tell. Like, this is a guy we're going to be watching him do some nefarious things um, that are going to work against our our, uh, our heroes, our protagonists here. So uh, I think it's a great scene. The only other note I have is I noticed, I'm not, I've never noticed this before in this opening, but when Hammond gets there, I don't know how he gets from the from the chopper to the, to the trailer. He's just, like, in the trailer. Like... I say like, for a guy for for a crippled guy that dude yeah. can book it. He can yeah, move exactly. Like, it, it isn't impossible for a person to get from the chopper to the trailer in the time that he does. It's like him specifically. I cannot believe because like they they make it feel like the chopper had just gotten there when Alan gets up there and tells him to turn off the engine. Uh, and and like not only is Hammond in there already, the door's closed and he's pulling out a bottle of champagne from the. Right from the fridge, like he's, he's already been, rummaging through the fridge. He's been there for a minute, like so. It's just it, now that made me like laugh out loud watching that the first time. Uh, I, anybody else have something from these first five scenes? I I forgot about the uh, about the Nedry and thing, so mm, I'm gonna yeah. play devil's advocate here about Nedry. Yeah, um, this is something that I definitely have gathered from the book more than the movies, which um, I read the book both the books every year. I do nice. both of them, either audiobook or physically read it, um, but. Uh, I, this is my hot take on the whole thing is that I don't think Nedry's as evil or much of a bad guy as he, so he's, he's clearly painted as the antagonist, yes. but he seems to me like in, there are parts of me that feels kind of bad for him, like, uh, because he's obviously committing corporate espionage, which you can't do that. <laughs> but the whole thing is that oh, like, no, he can't do that. He, you can't do that. He can't do, well, I mean, he, he tried, but, um, <laughs> he, he bid on this job to like, and he like it, it, the uh, engine accepts him and he's got, he's like, Oh man, I'm going to make so much money. And then he has to make the job work with the money that he bid with basically. So that's, so he's saying I can do the job with this amount of money. And, and not to Spencer, not to cut you off, but that's something that they kind of nod at in the film as well. Yeah, that's in this scene where he says, don't get cheap on me. Yeah, that was Hammond's mistake, which that shows right. you this is the one spot where Hammond yeah. did spare an expense. Right. Yeah. And he mentions it again later directly to Hammond. He's like, there's no debate. And I'm getting way ahead of myself. But he's like, there's yeah, been no yeah. debate about pay at all. And so yeah. I, I think he's been dramatically underpaid. Yeah. There's like eight people in this control room and he's in control of the whole system, basically. Yeah. And they're they're not paying him what it costs to do it to really take care of it. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take it elsewhere. I'm gonna get what I can. And yeah. 
like again, he's it's obviously the wrong thing to do, but I don't think he's that bad. I he really isn't. He's worse in the movie than he is in the book for oh, okay. sure. I outright feel oh, yeah. bad for him in the book. Okay. Yeah. See, I I I do have the book. I should I should start reading it after I'm reading yeah. I'm reading I'm reading the second Dune book. So after oh, I nice. finish that, then maybe I'll read Desert I, Park. In the I, book, I, they definitely make they kind of make. Hammond a little bit better in the movie, and they make Nedry a little bit worse in the movie. Oh, right. really? Because I would Hammond. Seems like, oh, Hammond, Hammond gets seems everything. Like a he gets everything he deserves. Yeah, I mean, he, not, not a villain. I shouldn't say that. So, to me, the word antagonist and evil slash villain are like not synonymous. Like they they can be the same thing, but they are not like directly synonyms. As someone who teaches English, this is definitely like a, a big thing. It's like an antagonist is just the person that is working against the protagonist. It doesn't mean they're evil at all. The protagonist can be evil, and the antagonist can be good. It's a matter of perspective, right? Or a matter of like who who is from a certain us point of view. Well, not, not even just that. That's part of it, but it's also like who is telling us the story, right? And for this movie, they choose to mostly tell the story through Alan, and then occasionally like Ian or Ellie or Hammond, but never really really is it Nedry's story. So right. we do get his motivations, which I think is more than enough for him to be a. Uh, an, an understandable antagonist, right? So you get what his motivations are. You understand why he would do it. Maybe you wouldn't or I wouldn't do what he's doing, but you get it. And so then to me, he's not evil. Like if he's just like, I'm going to like just screw everybody over. Like, right. no, he's not being treated super well. He, they do make a, make a point in the movie to make him like kind of needy and kind of like annoying and say like, yeah, I get why people treat him like crap. But, but but I mean it doesn't make it good, you know. Just 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 because someone has a, has a grading personality doesn't mean you can just treat him like crap. They so, really give him a hard time about being overweight in this movie. I know <laughs> like, that's it's just true. like a classic '90s trope, though. That's yeah, such yeah, a '90s sure. thing. Like all the time. Like man, there are a lot of fat jokes in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll probably revisit this at some point because it, obviously this is just the beginning of the of the plot uh, for his plot, right? Nedry's plot. Um, anything else in the opening before we just go ahead and jump into? The island. The oh, I mean, well, the welcome to Jurassic Park. That oh, we were doing the first five. First five, yep. Okay, never mind. I was wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> so we also do get the introduction to Ian, which is really good. Mm-hmm. But to me, the introduction to Ian is like good. The moment, the moment later on when they're all in the car talking, and that is where I'm like, oh, okay. I, was say, I have, I have a note on that. For yeah, later. I have a few. I other, think the uh, only other. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I there's just, just like to me, there's several scenes. Whereas Nedry, like that opening scene with Nedry is very important. Whereas the first scene with Ian to me is like it's good, and it's not unimportant. But he has like three or four scenes that establish him as a character. The scene um, when Hammond is like the only people, the only person on my side is the lawyer. Uh, mm-hmm. th- that scene with Hammond, or not with with Hammond, with Ian, lets you kind of get more of his character. So he has several moments like boom, oh, right, big moments later, yeah, um, the around the dinner table thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So. The, uh... the, for me, for me, that the helicopter scene just kind of shows him. Like, here's this quirky guy who's kind of a rock star. Really, they really even call him women. a rock star. Yeah, very much into women. And you get more of that later when he's like, "I've had several misses, former misses. I'm looking for a new former misses. Um, uh, what's his last name? Malcolm. Ex Mrs. Oh, yeah. Malcolm. An, Malcolm. A new. Yeah. I'm always looking for a new ex Mrs. Malcolm. Yeah. yeah. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. also. The I'm only sure other. You, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I'm sure you both know that in in the like the helicopter. I mean, they foreshadow the whole movie. Yes. Like they. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same thing as like in like Fight Club, where they're like this, the payphone can only do outbound calls, and so they they give you the movie the end at the very beginning that he ties the two female pieces of the seatbelt, and he's like, ah, I'm fastened in anyway. And like, oh well, he figured it out. Like, so yeah. there's the whole movie, mm-hmm. the first fifteen minutes. <laughs> That's it. 
That's it. Yeah. The only other thing that I had at the beginning of the movie is just the first time that you see um, Nedry in in that because I was doing a, a watch through of it earlier this year is in the back of my head. The first time it came through was Jerry Seinfeld's voice. Newman. Newman. Yeah, that's great. And that's when uh, I saw the first time I saw him. Before we move on, I do want to just like for people that maybe aren't as big into this movie as us three, I want to like double down on what you just said, Spencer. So like to clarify, if you've seen the movie once or twice, maybe you wouldn't catch that. Wouldn't have caught this. Like realize what Spencer just said. Basically, the the whole crux of the movie is that the women, uh, they're all women, right? So yeah, they're all female dinosaurs. So they cannot reproduce, right? So there's no mm-hmm. problem of them getting over uh, populated or you know getting out of control because they they can control the population. And in the beginning of the movie, um, is, is it Malcolm or no? It's Alan. It's Alan. Alan. Trying yeah, because like, he can't get the. He's trying to fasten his seatbelt. He for some reason has two female ends of a seatbelt and can't fasten it. Just ties them together and makes it makes it work. And it's basically like, Nate, you know, as Ian said, like life finds a way. So it's like foreshadowing that somehow it's going to just work. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't don't you know? Don't try to explain it, but it'll work. If you're determined um, enough, it'll make it happen. Which is a cool movie making kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, but let's go ahead and get into then the next chunk of the movie. So, um, my first note obviously is the Brachiosaurus scene, like just mm-hmm. the acting in that mm-hmm. shot to have they're they're acting against nothing. They're they're acting against absolutely nothing, and you believe they're looking at a dinosaur. And that, that to me, along with the swell of the music and the, and the special effects, mostly holding up really well for yeah. being for being thirty years old, uh, is incredible mm-hmm. um but anything else on like, the opening couple of scenes here before we i think keep moving along something that really stood out to me and i watched a whole video about this the brachiosaurus scene when they're first being introduced to it how you said the, the way the music swells and how mm-hmm. it's really low it's really quiet it off really and low, you don't yeah. know what you don't know what's happening yeah and then it pans to it, and it, you can just see its legs. And the, the music in tone is really low, mm-hmm. and there's only one instrument playing. Yeah. And then as it pans up, a few more instruments add into the orchestra, mm-hmm. and it gets a little bit louder. And then as you go to the wide shot at the very end, and there's like the sun rising above the trees, and as the other species of dinosaurs start coming into that little pond off in the background, yeah. as the rest of the background fills in, so does the orchestra. And it fills in as the scene fills in and shows all these different things until you get the full Welcome to Jurassic Park theme. Yeah. And just the way they build that scene, just, oh, it feels so good. Yeah. Other than the uh, opening Welcome to Jurassic Park scene, uh, I had a little note. I have a question. Does Benoit Blanc play Mr. DNA? Because oh. it to me sounds like it sounds like Daniel Craig oh, doing man. sounds like Daniel Craig doing Benoit Blanc. I, I, I mean, a, there's no way it is, but I love it, that. No, obviously, that, that's, that's headcanon for me now. It, it's obviously not, but it's Spencer. That's Knives Out. The the, the detective from, from, from Knives Out. I haven't, uh, seen, I haven't seen that one yet. So he has like a really heavy accent, and just like having just seen Glass Onion a few months ago. I just like felt like I was listening to Benoit Blanc tell, tell me about dinosaur DNA, and I was just like, "This is killing me." It's too He's, funny. That that uh, Mister DNA has forever changed the way I tend to pronounce dinosaurs. Yeah, dinosaurs. Uh, yeah. The th- there's nothing really wrong with the first half of this, first third of this movie in particular. Like, yeah. you said the CGI. I can't. I still keep coming back to that man. Like, even like in like 
4K and all this stuff. Like, I'm stunned. It's in little, broad daylight, good. how good this still – I mean, you could tell at this they, point. They worked hard on that on because the, there wasn't a ton, there wasn't as much as you would think. Um, but there also was more than you realize. <laughs> well, yeah. And also for the fact that they invented the technology yeah. for this movie and did it so well. It's not like they – you know. I mean, they, they did adapt other technology from Terminator and from other films, mm -hmm. but this was kind of the first big leap in CGI technology. Yeah, mm -hmm. I will say a couple of things that I hadn't, you know, noticed before. One of the one of them was Hammond in the helicopter, but this one is a, a quick little line from the lawyer during the tour when he says, "Are these characters a?" Uh, Auto erotica. Yeah, I've. I've <laughs> I was like, what? I've what? I've caught that for a long time, and to this day, I still don't understand. <laughs> like, well, he, still... he means automatron. He means yeah, animatronic or stuff like that. Well, him corrects him, but it's just like, yeah, huh? it's it's such a strange thing to put in there and then leave. I've it's always just, tried. It's to... just like a dumb, like a dumb joke to me. I've but, always like, tried to so, figure out the significance. It got me so good this time. I can't, and I can't figure it out. I was. I don't think there's significance. They just realize there's like it's a similar like sounding phrase, and so they're like, "Oh, that's funny. Let's just do that." Just like, that it, one it, in there. It, it is funny, but like the way they, they play it so dead, like no one like reacts to it. You know, no one, no one thinks, "Oh, that's weird." It, it's just the characters don't even respond. So to me, that made it even funnier. Here, here's a, another thing of where it seems like Hammond spared some expense. Is that like, first of all, is he gonna do this tour? every day yeah, over every and over and over like who's he's just gonna hire someone else named john and then this ride thing they just lift the bar up and leave it like yeah you're not supposed to be able to do that yeah it like locks in <laughs> they can't do that can they do that can they? <laughs> uh like i like i mean yeah, whenever i ride a ride out i don't imagine i always <sighs> check like is this bar secure like, right I'm, can I'm, this I'm not super strong but like if i can can i move also it? in that in that scene and then in so the the ride scene, the helicopter scene with the seatbelt, and they each kind of have a moment early on in the movie that tells you everything you need to know about that character. Yeah, like, for sure. Alan tying the seatbelt together, that's everything you need to know about Alan. Mm -hmm. And then Gennaro, like, freaking out when they push the handlebars up, everything you need to know about him. Yeah. But also, like, he is willing to change. He changes his tune in, like, two seconds when he realizes how much money can be made. Right. Uh, that was my my like the longest note I wrote in my notes watching the movie was the first act does an amazing job of setting up the main characters, the plot, the stakes, the risks, all of that. Um, and like the scene at lunch tells you everything you need to know about the risks of the park and how each character feels. And that that like moves forward through the movie. That scene is maybe as as important or more important than the opening scene with the with the um, Velociraptors. Because you get everyone's motivations pretty much. You know Hammond's motivations, you know uh, the lawyer's motivations, and then you also get all of the um, the like the the concerns right from Ellie, Alan, and Ian, and those things like carry with you through the movie. And so that to me is like the main that like that lunch scene kind of feels like the end of the first act. Yeah, the the dinner table scene I think is the best and most honestly I feel like the most important scene of this whole movie. Yeah, uh, as probably. Like when you're young, like I say, I said before, like when you're young, you're like, oh, dinosaurs. And then as I've gotten older, like stuff like the scene around the table, mm -hmm. stuff like the conversation when they're talking about like the like the Ian's genetics and everything. The speech at that table is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Every every line out of his mouth for this, like before they go on the tour, every line out of his mouth in the park is amazing. Yeah. I mean, 
there's a reason why everyone quotes the uh, like your scientists were so preoccupied line, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's oh, I classic. Use that all the time. I know. I mean, it's 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 great. Um, so let's move forward here. We do have um, they leave the like what would you call that opening place? Like the control center, but it's visitor also like center. Visitor, visitor center. center. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they, they head out. And the, my one minor, minor negative is that, like, the recurring bit that Alan doesn't like kids is a little goofy, and they, like, take it a little far. Like, no one really, like, is going to be that, like, he, the way he, like, dodges the kids. Like, the most normal people hate different cards. kids that much. Yeah, like, I, I can get being, like, kids are kind of annoying and kids are whatever, but, like, if I'm stuck in a car with a kid, I'm just going to, like, deal with it because <laughs> I'm right. an adult. I'm not a kid. A kid would do it. A kid would do what Alan's doing. An adult would not do what Alan's doing, but other than that, like that's like literally my only negative note in the entire movie, and it's pretty minor because it ends up. I think this is like the last scene where it's even mentioned that he doesn't like kids, so um, it's basically over. And he also doesn't even end up in the car with him; he ends up in the car with all the adults, other than the lawyer. So it doesn't even matter. Um, but uh, from there, any other notes like as they begin their their uh, expedition, I guess is what I'll call it. I think the only other thing that was interesting to me is how in the, I guess before they leave, but like in the hatchery scene, which there you go, David, yeah, the, yeah. the hatcheries, it's um, a deep, it's a deep inside it's joke. A deep cut joke. Um, For like us and Carson. Yeah. I love the, inside um, jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday. <laughs> um, how Michael even, Scott quote. Yep. Even in that scene though, for some reason, Alan's terrified of the fact that they have raptors. Yes. Like he's holding a baby velociraptor and he's already terrified. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even know what they look like in real life until he, that. He, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, speaking of like the, the, their reactions to the, to the dinosaurs, I had a note like Ellie just like sobbing, helping the trike was like really, I, I got emotional because of her acting mm-hmm. was so good that you believed like she was having a visceral emotional reaction to seeing a triceratops. Um, and also, like, why was the pile of poop so large? <laughs> That's I mean, a, beyond, a long debated be, thing. Beyond the joke, but it's like, this Triceratops has, like, been coming back to that same pile and pooping on it. But how did he not, like, walk in it? And it was so wide. Like, how did he not walk? It's, like, w- w- like a, six feet tall. Does he have, like, a, does he have like a step stool? <laughs> My like headcanon the, is that they move it to one spot. Is yeah, that, that makes sense. That's but what you, my headcanon is. Like, all, all they had to do is put like a um uh what's the, a wheelbarrow like next like to a, it, like and, and then I'm like, oh something. okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything. Just put anything next to it. Like okay, cool. But, you know that they answer. No. That, you know, you know the answer to why that Triceratops is sick. By the way, I don't remember that. There's. I, there, I, I tried to pay attention to it. and I didn't catch it. So it's not in the movie. It's a okay. deleted That's scene. That's like. Yeah. Yeah, so it's but there's a there's a remnant of what's what's actually wrong with it is that it's it's uh she's saying it's they're saying it's getting sick only ever so oh, excuse me only every uh few weeks and uh she they're looking for stuff in like the dinosaurs droppings to see why but the main problem is that the dinosaur will eat um stones uh and I'm completely blanking on what that is called when like reptiles oh, and yeah, things it's, it's uh, a thing yeah I'm completely blanking yeah. what that's called but it's it's to help them digest the food um so they eat these stones and then the stones are near where the uh where these berries are so they discover the stones they learn that's what's making the dinosaur sick and if you look like right before they get back in the car tim has rocks in his hands so oh. so there's there's a little gizzard stone that's it 
That's yeah. it. That's what it's called. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's why the dinosaurs. That's really interesting. Um. Okay. So, I me mean, trying to think of anything else before we get to the T Rex. We'll, we'll take a break before the T Rex because that seems like an appropriate place to do that. Um. Obviously, the uh the scene of all them getting out of the car right before that and, and Ian being like, "That's that's chaos." <laughs> like, there's just so many fantastic mm-hmm. lines that he there- has. There's again the more spared expense. How can they just get out of that car? Get out of the car, and, yeah, not only, and then the guy yells the about it. Not only How many times have I told you? You can put the locks can, on the doors. Not only can they get out of the car, they can just walk right yeah. into the park. There's nothing yes. stopping them. So yeah, that he, like, means they walked right up to a t- to a, to a dinosaur. Has obviously you know, like, not been on that island. What, yeah. that, what that what that means is that if that dinosaur is is not sick, it can just stop the tour. It yeah. can just walk right onto the onto the trail. Yeah. No, it's a it's a very small walkway. Mm-hmm. It's only big only enough for a human. <laughs> it's only big enough for a human, and they have to go sideways. Fair enough. Fair the, enough. Uh, the only other note that I had on the uh, like the the tour, the main tour itself, yeah. is from the helicopter scene to that point where they split up. Instantly, Ian Malcolm is the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah he's trying working hard off. at least he's working putting overtime in, putting in work also, this is that's a great point actually because like if you're if you're alan are you not gonna say something are yeah, you gonna say doesn't. anything he's very like, con- he's very comfortable it's jeff goldblum i mean he's like that's all do? the more reason why you should be saying something yeah. because he will yeah. succeed yeah. they dated in real life after this movie oh, it clearly funny. worked i did not know that's that. hilarious i didn't know that yeah Al- Al- oh Al- that's hilarious uh, alan, Al- alan Jeff, and ian alan and ian they dated right after they do have a great bromance they post stuff yeah. on instagram oh, all yeah. the time that's fantastic. no but uh yeah. what's her name laura dern and, laura dern yeah they dated in real life right after this movie okay so yeah let's Let's go ahead and take a break here then. So, because uh, the, the T-Rex scene is pretty much where we're at now. And that's that's a good enough spot to come back on and really, really sink our teeth into that one. You can get it? <laughs> uh, I see it now. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, all right. So we'll see you guys in one minute. And welcome back. All right, so let's get to the T Rex. This is like the this is the money shot. Uh, the T Rex looks incredible. The T Rex looks so stinking good. Uh, every time, like in the slow build up of like, are you gonna see it? Are you gonna see it? And then you see a little bit, and then you see a little bit, and then you just like burst through the the cables, and you're like, oh my god, and it looks incredible. Um, other than just hit how good it looks, my first note is that like Alan and Ian take forever. To do anything, <laughs> they just sit there and like drop the light, like go help them. And you, like, you know what you're doing, like go help these dumb kids. <laughs> like he's just like I mean, hoping, he's like sitting there hoping that they, that they do, like that they somehow know how to handle this situation. I'm like, how would they ever know this? Like no one knows this. Alan shouldn't even really, really know this because you're making assumptions based off of the bones of a dinosaur. You don't actually know. So it's like, just go help the kids. This is the prime moment of where Alan's like, man, I don't care about these kids at all. (laughs) Let these kids get eaten. And also, Ian Ian in that moment with, God, I hate being right all the time. Yeah, oh, that was great. I love that line. Yeah. Um, Anything else, though, just this opening, like uh, this scene here with the power failing and the T-Rex breaking out. And then um, you get like, just this is a long scene because the next scene on the scene list is Nedry's death. So there's a oh, wow. lot yeah. that happens in these two scenes. Um, mm-hmm. And that's probably like 
15 to 20 minutes <laughs> of right. the movie. That one, <laughs> the, the build-up for this with when the power goes out, yeah. the fact that like, oh, Muldoon is already, he's the first one who's scared. Yes. Because he's like, hey, 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 hang on. Is the raptor pin. They stopped at the T-Rex pen. Yeah. Like, this is, we need to, we need to be worried about this. It, and it, then again, the, scene. the oh, sorry, bass, sorry, the bass string thumping underneath oh, yeah. oh. the entire time and seeing the uh, impact tremors. Yeah. In, in that scene, though, with, with uh, Muldoon, no, not, not Muldoon. Uh, yeah, 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 Muldoon mm-hmm. uh, talking to, what's Samuel Jackson's character's name? I forget now. Ray. Uh, Ray, Ray Arnold. Ray Arnold. Uh, Mr. Arnold is right. Mr. Mr. Arnold. Uh, I'm, I'm holding my, if you're not, you know, obviously you can't see yep. me. I, 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 held, I held my hand back to my shoulder to like grab the, the missing arm <laughs> to reach um, for it yeah to grab the, the dead the dead person's arm um no but samuel L. jackson's uh, uh mr arnold's dialogue when he has a cigarette in mouth, he's like tar, tar, tar. It's like great he's not, cigarette in mouth acting so yep. good. and the, and the cigarette's like it's barely hanging on too man think <laughs> of th- th- think of that how, think of how dated that is he's in I the know. middle of an office smoking all yeah. day like, and no, this he's is, smoking there's just mountains of cigarette butts all over this, the place yes this is an incredibly subdued samuel l jackson as well he's this really is good. it's so much so that i forget that he's in it even as a super fan a lot of times like oh samuel l jackson is in he's got hair there's heart there's no there's no f-bombs from samuel l jackson in yeah. this movie which yeah. is unheard of I'm not sure. Uh, even, he, I'm not sure he even cusses more than like once or twice. He, he says it once or twice, but they're they're uh, standard cable cursing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, like, just when he's just when he's yelling at the at the uh, the computer monitor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that all the all this stuff here where it's all falling apart, and they they do a good job of making sure you understand what happened and why, and that you get what's going on, like, and you get their plight and what they need to do to fix it like it's i'm never confused what's what's happening and it's very technical and they don't dumb it down no they just do a good job of explaining it well uh, which i think is really cool it's good script good acting and this is a this just proves how important nedry really is like super important you you value this guy so much and you're not appreciate excuse me you should be valuing this guy so much and you're just not appreciating him um I do. I, one of my favorite things in movies is when you see actors pretend to be bad actors, which is yeah. this whole thing where Ned's like, oh, I, 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 I debugged the phones. Yeah. So, so, so I did. It's like, actor, yeah. acting like a real person. Yeah. Right. Like, I I'm going to get some uh, candy or a soda. Do you want I need, I've had a lot of sweets today. I need something salty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but this like, also, that, like, that's like a very mid, like a Midwest like comment, like a very Midwesterner. Like, I've had a lot of sweets today. Yeah, I feel like I need something salty. So he gets a soda. He yeah. gets a soda to be salty. Uh, this this T Rex scene is, by the way, I, we're kind of jumping back and forth between yeah. the two spots because they're in the same area. This yeah, T Rex like, scene it's also is like interspliced. So I feel like this is. I don't know that it, to, for for me this is still the quintessential CG uh, animatronic yeah. scene because it, first of How all it's at, it? it's. Why are why are play, video, movies still trying to do CG during the day like they are? Do it yes. at nighttime. Yes. Do it at, do night. It at night. Yes. One like, or two scenes in the daytime and then everything else at night. This movie's literally well, thirty three. Thir- excuse me, thirty years old this year, and it still yeah. looks better than the, the new thing is, ones. Even do. in this movie, in daylight, the Rex looks good. Later yeah, on, but the you movie. only see it in one scene, though, right? So it's oh no, two scenes. Two, two scenes. Uh, but yeah. still, it was still it's pretty short, pretty quick, yeah. and it looks good there. But I mean, like they they do stuff with the, the scene in the dark scene that you is... could not possibly do in daylight. Like this shot of the shot of his face next to the car, and they shine the light on it, and you see the light reflecting in his eyeballs. I I don't know oh, how they do that how to the this heck? day. 
I still it's don't know ridiculous. how they pulled that off. Like, and there's a lot of really good like camera work of like, because there's the shot where he's like, like, or the head's like kind of bumping into Aaron. Uh, I don't yeah. know why I keep saying Aaron. Ian and <laughs> Alan's car, I'm crossing their names. And yeah. then it walks to the other car. Like that's a clever yeah. shot of like, this is the animatronic smacking the car. Then the camera pans away and it's the, uh, the CG walking yeah. away. Like, walking well, that's genius. Way. Yeah. Well, that the scene when it's like raining super hard and Ian or Alan gets out and pops the flare and you see his head snap up. And just like the focus that he has on him in that moment. And then you see, again, the flare, the glare of the, like the red light flashing in his face. Yeah. It's just, it's that's good. great face acting. I mentioned this in Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings podcast. That's amazing face acting from Sam Neill. When that yeah. thing like roars back at him, when he yells <laughs> he at it, he's, cool. he's absolutely terrified. Like yeah. I definitely just used the bathroom. I am yeah. stunned with fear. Yeah. Uh, so anything I, I'm gonna go ahead and jump forward if you have something else. Not like the far only forward, other. But go ahead. The only other comment that I had about this is when they are using the animatronic mm-hmm. and it comes down on the glass roof of the car. Yeah, yeah, the kid's reaction in that scene it was has to real. Be. Yeah, it has no, to. It be was real. real because the the it the animatronic they pushed it down too far. Oh, they weren't supposed to knock the ceiling out, and they did. I did not know that. And That's so they what pushed I'm... the roof in on the kids and they oh just freaked out. I, I, what, my favorite piece of that, because that's a great piece of trivia, but my favorite part about that is what no one talks about is that Steven Spielberg kept filming. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. We should probably cut. Like, no, no, like, this is good. No, no, don't this stop, is good. Don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> Use that, the that's terror. That's the first rule of cinema. Yeah. I mean, like. Well, that <laughs> and the fact that the animatronic and part of the reason that they had that problem is because it got so wet it got wet and it got heavy because mm-hmm. yeah, it was made like yeah. the skin was made out of styrofoam I mean, so absorbed thank, a bunch thank of god water. it didn't go like another foot further and gosh well and you think uh, of like these two kids too because like lex is only cast well not only but she's primarily cast because she's a great screamer that's what she's in the movie for and then tim is in the movie because he tried out for the mo- role of uh I, can't, I think his name is jack in the movie hook so he tried out to be oh, the kid in hook didn't funny. get it and steven spielberg told him you can be in my next movie and that's wow. why this kid is in this movie. So that this kid's kid like, I should have been in Hook. Why was I not in Hook? This is going to kill me. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of the kids, my, my first note after the initial, uh, ch- uh, the T-Rex breaking out, um, Lex is acting though. These kids are not perfect. They're still kid actors and it's very rare to get kid actors that are even like above average acting or just like just good enough to make, make it not feel weird. These kids are both very, very good. I agree. Um, but there are moments where you can just, it's just kids, it's kids, right? Um, that's, that's fine. It has never, it has never pulled me out at all. So it's not like that, not really a thing. They're just not like, they're clearly not anywhere near as good as the adults. That's, that's fine. But they are very, very good. And Lex is like her shock. Like she's in, in a state of shock after the T-Rex um, has like attacked them when she's, when they get down to like in the, in the enclosure and mm-hmm. Alan's like, I need to leave you to go get Tim. And she's like, he's like trying to get her to like respond. And she's just like in pure shock. That acting like, like shaker just a little bit. To make her up. She's yeah. hyper fixated on the leaving part. I actually, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I know that we're, we move kind of, we're moving on, but I, I wanted to address real quick. Cause yeah. like the thing that people talk about is like, how did the car get down there? And how did the T-Rex get out? And there's like, there's like diagrams and stuff. It's explained terribly in the movie, but literally where the goat is, is basically the only spot that the enclosure meets with the ground. 
That's yeah. why there's it's a hill, it's the crest of a hill. So it's literally it's exactly right. So you've probably seen the diagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's literally the only place it could happen. And if they wouldn't have put that goat out there, none of this would have happened more than so likely. My one question, though, and maybe this makes sense outside of the movie, but it doesn't make sense much to me in the movie. Why didn't they just go back to the road after they got Timmy? Right. My assumption would be that they would assume that the Rex is still up there, which in, but it you is. But you could have checked because Ian's still up there. And, and, and then, they well, don't know I, that, though. I know, but like I asked. I, was I, say, I, I, they I had know, the thought. He's already gone. I had the thought because um, of the fact that Ellie and Muldoon get there, like seemingly, is it, is it, is it basically the next scene? Now, sure, that could have been a half an hour. Who knows? But like you couldn't have like crawled back up and just like looked. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, it felt like a weird, and, I, and I've watched this movie a hundred times and I've never had that thought until just this time. So I'm not saying this is this huge plot hole, um, but I am saying it just like, I I was curious if there was an answer and maybe I just missed it or um, There's not. something like that. I don't know. But I couldn't figure out why they wouldn't at least go check the road, go see if anyone's still alive like Ian because um, they have no reaction to Ian being alive later and they probably should be surprised that he's alive. <laughs> You know, I've never, after as many times I've ever seen it, I've never thought about the fact that they're surprised. That they're yeah, not surprised. They're not surprised. He's not oh, he's still here. I'm like, wait a minute. You, you saw him. Like, when Alan left him, Alan had to think, well, that guy's dead. <laughs> right. For sure. So, but you oh, can yeah. kind of see him ride the T Rex head as it busts through the bathroom, yep. which yeah. is like, it's a blink and you miss it thing. But it's really funny. It's like legs yeah. are like straddled. It's like Randall. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, the other interesting um, part of, the, of that, the last thing I promised, no, is that fine. in that scene, Gennaro in the book isn't like he's not involved. Oh, so is he like, not in the on the right? They, they did no, Gennaro he, dirty in the movie. Yeah. Oh no, he's actually he's actually really cool in the in the book. In the book, he's like oh. really cool. Huh. Um. Yeah. He like punches a velociraptor in the face. Yeah. He's he he's a <laughs> uh, he. Gennaro yeah. in the movie is a blend of two characters. So the lawyer oh, okay. of the movie, or like the park manager, is a character named Ed Regis, and Gennaro's mm-hmm. the lawyer. Uh, okay. and, uh, and then they just kind of blended the two of them together and basically only gave Gennaro's name and everything else is gone. Because he's yeah. he's a super cool character in the book. He survives mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff. Huh. Uh, he li- Christian's not kidding. He literally punches a velociraptor in the face. <laughs> like, he's real huge <gasps> and muscly, and he, like, gets in a fist fight with a raptor. <laughs> Which okay. sounds stupid. It sounds stupid if you yeah. hear it like that, but it's cool. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, anything else before we move forward? I mean, obviously, we, we're not going to go too far forward, but, I mean, just the, the rest of this night, like, the rest of that e- evening... I think that I will say I think that this might be the next morning, but the Lyceum contingency, mm-hmm. I had never caught this before, like legit never. So I had to like look this up. Like they're talking about basically there's an enzyme that they can, um, they can like somehow prevent the dinosaurs from they don't producing they don't it. produce it. Yeah, and they so bioengineer well, their body so they don't produce it well, unless it's fed to them manually. Yes, so they can just stop feeding them and they'll all die. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is, I don't know. Basically, all the dinosaurs are diabetic, basically. Yeah, kind of. So, but like, I don't think they ever brings up again. And I haven't watched Lost World in a long time, way longer than this movie. So, the, do they bring they it back do. up? Yep, okay, cool. Bring it up. Cool. That, that's great then. So, okay. Because that felt like a, a sequel issue, like like an issue for the sequel. Like, you know you know what I mean? Like, every once in a while, you'll hear something in a movie and be like, they're going to go over that in the sequel. 
<laughs> what's one of the I, things that's like an overlap between the book and both movies okay cool cool right there's there's not a lot of those moments either uh yeah, we, that's we, true. I, I feel like we got to mention nedry's death at least for a second oh yeah definitely because it's, it's it's pretty scary it's it's a pretty brutal it death might be the scene. scariest part of the movie i mm. would agree i i it <laughs> um i i do find it comical because like as a glasses wearer i don't know how he could figure out anything in yeah. the rain like that at night trying to drive i do think it's funny that he is so committed to get he's clearly not gonna make it he's yeah. not gonna make it and he's like oh, oh i like, can do it they're like yeah five minutes he's like oh i'm gonna make it like what no you're not you wouldn't make it even regular not even yeah, with the he storm. Said his best time was like Something like eight minutes, something minutes. like that. Yeah, he said he was. could. He said he could push it to eighteen if he needed yeah, and to. Yeah, like, well, I'm giving you ten. Like, what's well, not enough? Right. Uh, there's <laughs> one of my favorite parts about that is like when the uh Dilophosaurus first spits on him. Like, it's yeah. not actually on his shirt. Like, it's in his hand. So yeah. when he like reaches, like touch it, he literally just like, like just like smushes it onto his own shirt and looks at it. It's it's such a cool little bit. But that's oh, the sequel. That's, cool. okay. that's the sequel that I want right there. Now there is a Telltale video game based around that uh uh, uh the Barbasol can. Oh. Like the, the like if if uh, I'm sure that you both or at least one of you knows the Telltale game yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. Well, David does for sure because I borrowed the Walking Dead game from you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so they have a Jurassic Park thing there where you play as Jerry Harding, which is the guy that does the uh triceratops now he looks yes. totally different because they don't have the rights oh. to the, the face but he it's the same character okay. uh but the whole point of the game is there is a backup plan to the barbasol can and he is dealing with like uh, a person coming to get the can off the island oh okay, oh, okay. Huh. so i'd that's, be interested in that it's because i always felt I, like that was a loose end you know well, I mean, read. Steven Spielberg point blank said he thought that would be the sequel. And then Michael Crichton was like, there's a new island with a disease. <laughs> and so, but yeah, I mean, that, that I, I, we're on a, I'm on a sidebar there, but I highly recommend that game. I thought it cool, was good. Cool. Um, okay. So for the next morning, um, my, my biggest like takeaway from everything after, although I will say real quick, like the scene with them getting out of the car and getting down from the tree is filmed like incredibly like Timmy getting oh, yeah. out of the car with like that's mm -hmm. that's just ma masterful so it's, it's really good but um and having a nice quiet moment with the uh Rachiosaur before um for like they go back yeah well <laughs> before they go back to the, the the frying pan you know um and oh, I almost forgot the the dinner like not dinner scene but like the scene of Hammond just eating all the ice cream like a grieving like what like a a woman that got broken up with um mm -hmm. and ellie sitting down with him and that that little back and forth conversation is really good mm -hmm. uh, again just more great script stuff and great acting um that's, that's a scene is like a kid i remember never liking the scene with the ice cream because yeah. it's like and i could never place why and as an adult i get it now like why i didn't like it because it was too emotionally heavy it's very, <laughs> to really it's very heavy yeah. yeah um there was uh, i to, you mentioned the kind of the next i'm get bleeding into the next day yeah. but the so where they're do you know what the what the uh the eggs are from do you know what animal they are was that was that alan finds yeah i don't know that we do do we know i mean they're I raptor eggs they are they're okay. raptor, so i thought they're, they were raptor eggs they're raptor eggs so the whole reason uh, that the raptors i'm kind of like touching base at the very beginning of the movie the whole reason they're moving them there is because the raptors are getting out of their own pen so they keep breaking out 
Yeah. And they're moving them to a smaller enclosure. Like we got to figure something out about yeah. these dinosaurs mm -hmm. because there's a moment when like you could see like there's the flashing fences on the screen of like what's turning off and what's uh, is it on. Yeah. There's a big paddock right in the middle that says Raptor paddock. Raptors, and that yeah. is so that's where they're at. They're in the Raptor paddock and that's what the eggs are. Oh, OK. OK. Um, yeah. Like uh, speaking of that. So like the stuff with Ellie and the Raptors, uh, mm -mm. I will say like. I, I don't think I've ever felt this way. I've always loved Ellie. Don't don't get me wrong, but I think on this rewatch, I think she's my favorite character in the movie. Uh, and basically from the scene with her in the Triceratops to the end of the movie, I just thoroughly enjoy what she does, both you know acting wise as, as an actress, but also well, just the, the character She does herself. more to save everybody's life. Yeah, than she's the most useful anybody. character. She's incredibly useful, yeah. and 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 like, and it has to do with. Some of the most harrowing stuff outside of me, you know, maybe you, you could argue maybe Alan, but like besides that, like she's she could have been eaten by a raptor at any moment. Um, and I will say though, her reaction to seeing the raptor in the like the power, the, the little building where they have to, she has to redo the power, her reaction is like kind of funny because it's like so extreme, but it, it it's fitting because you know this is like. This is a I feel, like it was I feel like it was an appropriate response. No, it definitely is, but it's also kind of comical because it's just like it's very big. It's a very big reaction. It's huge. And so to have her like just freak out. And it's, and so, it's, I, I love it though because it is not like a canned like standard scream and freak out. It's like a very like you know how they say like you, you can cry and you can ugly cry. Don't ugly cry. Yes. It, it, it's like scream and she's ugly screaming. And it's like this is legit. Yeah. Real <laughs> so, terror. Yeah. In so for this scene. My so Kirsten and I, my wife, were watching this movie, and I'm sitting there next to her in bed watching watching it. And when it gets to the scene where she's turning the power back on, yeah, I stopped watching the movie because <laughs> Spencer, you probably know this, being her cousin. Yep, she doesn't handle scares real well. She's very jumpy. She's very very <laughs> jumpy. <laughs> so we're sitting there. I stopped watching the movie because I know what's going to happen. I you know I can put this movie back together shot for shot yeah i'm watching her to see her reaction and she's sitting there propped back up against the headboard watching the movie the minute the raptor pops out she jolts and not just like <laughs> jumps and climbs out of the back like clamors out of the bed literally like her the force of her popping her shoulders up and pushing <laughs> her hands down pushed her out of the bed amazing i'm love sad that it. i didn't see it um <laughs> hilarious yeah i love it the you know that uh samuel L. jackson's head cannon on ray arnold is that he's not dead of course it is he's, <laughs> it so always is though his, his, he's, never, uh, he's, he's never died in the movie his his head cannon is that he's alive with only one arm there was supposed to be a death scene him for and ray samuel arnold. jackson I mean, sorry, yeah. him and him and uh him and uh him mace mace yeah in the, in the, the book doesn't the raptor tear his arm off and then kill him I don't, I don't. I can't. I don't. I, don't, I can't remember what actually happens to Ray in the book. I don't know that there's given clear resolution of what happened. Mm. His name's John in the book, <laughs> yeah. but um, which is confusing. But um, also I just call him Ray, Ray Allen. Allen. It's Ray Arnold. So it is Ray, Ray Arnold. Instead. Yeah. But um, they also David again to touch on the book. If you think that this Ellie's good, dude, read the book yeah. because mm -hmm. Ellie I'm sure with I the, have it behind me somewhere. Ellie with the Raptors. Also, if you read the book, you'll notice we're six movies into this franchise. They're still pulling stuff from book one. Oh, so, mm -hmm. so, but like Ellie versus Raptors here, 
is is still nowhere near as cool as LA's versus Raptors in the books. Oh, nice. Mm. Um, also, in yeah. this movie, there's only like four Raptors. There's like yeah. eight. there's like well, there's there's eight from the paddock, and there's thirty two out oh in the God. park. Like oh, they yeah, are like, out. They're way, they're way worse. They're yeah. out. They like this is so I'm getting ahead of myself. But like at the in the book, these the, the dinosaurs are gone. They're off the island already. They gone. Oh my gosh! Wow. So, mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of why they had to change. Why Michael Crichton had to do a totally different book, which I can touch on for another episode. But. Yeah. Um. So, anything else before we get to or they reunite at the visitor center? So I, I'm ready for that. But if you guys have have anything, have anything else to add, um, I will say the Galam the Galamimus stampede scene, the log that they've they they, they hid under or hid beside. I've mm-hmm. I've been there. I've touched that log. It was a magical He's moment. Made the, made, made the pilgrimage. If you want to go to Hawaii and go, like, if you go, if you don't go to, if you want to go to Hawaii, go to Hawaii. Number one, number two, go to the Jurassic Park. Uh, like, it's like a ranch. Um, basically, it's just a giant like preserve. Um, kind of like the movie. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's a um, man it's, that set up an ecological preserve. Don't incredible. go there. Yes, yes, exactly. I have um, pictures in that field as well. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, like, it's incredible. So you got to go. Um, about anything else before we move into like once they're reunited, I think the other thing is that's a huge difference again from the book is Muldoon's death. Oh, okay. because oh. also the coolest character in the book, Muldoon, like and yeah, blows yeah. up a velociraptor with a bazooka. Yeah, he's he's like he's like he's literally hunting the Tyrannosaurus. He's drunk, like he drunk. He's like hunting the T Rex. He's like, my gun is jammed. Hold on, give me a second. Like I can't give you a second. It's coming. Oh, but, like at the um, end of the movie, it like turns into Vietnam, and it's him in a helicopter, just oh like blowing up the rest of the dinosaurs. Um, the I actually the the fact that Muldoon's because Muldoon was intended to survive in the original script, and the actor Bob Peck had cancer and oh, like told. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, the the, the like uh, Bob Peck told uh, uh, the like Steven Spielberg and the writers. He was like, "Hey, um, I don't know if I'm gonna make it for another movie, so wow. just write my character out." And they did, and then he died in real oh, life. Wow. So it's like, I mean, that's great foresight, but I'm still sad Holy about cow, it. Yeah, because like, I if you think any of that. if you think about really think about, I know I'm bleeding into the second movie, but think about that character of uh, of Roland Timbo mm-hmm. in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, Muldoon. It's, yeah, it's it just he's yeah. from Africa. He's yeah. just like Muldoon is. I mean that that is. The that's Muldoon the other character. half. That's the other half of his character. Yeah. Yeah. That's just sure. the Muldoon character, and then they this because the guy died, they had to write him out basically. Um, so if we go into the, when they do finally all get back to the visitor center, I don't understand another question that I don't understand. Alan is like, "Stay here," and he leaves. He just leaves. Why? <laughs> Where are you going? Where are you <laughs> going? Take if you have to go somewhere. Number one, if you do, if you have to go somewhere, take the kids. <laughs> this is like. Thanks this is kids. like it's a classic white movie and horror white people in horror movie yeah, stuff. Doing like stuff. we should we should split up. Never, I'm yeah. never splitting up ever. My but question I mean, is, we, how did Alan not? Out of it, how did so. Alan not cross paths with the raptor that walked in the door right behind him? Yeah, I don't know. That's Fair the one point. part of the movie I'm not curious There's, about. Like he walks up the door two minutes later. It's a T hallway at that door, and he went left and went right. Just like rounded corners. It's in the Lego game, Christian. Really close. Yeah. Oh, picturing so, like the uh, scene from All- Always Sunny, where they're staring at each other from across the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, 
obviously the kitchen scene is like an all time. It could be the best scene in the movie. There's like three or four scenes. I'm like, this could be the best scene in the movie. Um, and I went and fought anyone for it. It's probably been talked about and broken down by people that know cinema far better than any of us, but it is still perfection and it's like horror greatness. And honestly, none of it is like, it's very, it's a very fine line to walk when you have kids doing stuff and doing action stuff. And I'm never like, well, that kid couldn't do that. You know, you know, come on. Like I'm never taken out of it by the kid's actions, which is very smart script writing to be like, okay, you're gonna have a kid do this. Now could a kid, theoretically do this is it is it far-fetched maybe but is it unbelievable no i don't i don't feel like it is uh so that's a really fine line when i've seen movies i'm like okay that kid could never ever ever Mm -mm. do this Mm -hmm. (laughs) but in this movie i'm like okay i I could see a reality where you do that and and part of that is they set up they have been building these kids in terms of like you get a little more information about them what's their background tim knows a lot about dinosaurs you know and they've been through a lot like, this knows point. a lot about video games so it's pack so it's yeah. pac-man in the kitchen yeah so like they, they they've shown that they have some skills and they have had to use their skills with alan to survive to this point so it's not just like they just like oh yeah they just stumbled upon like a way out of the kitchen they were able to like use their skills to survive um which i thought was really smart but um after that anything else on that scene before we i don't want to that's a great scene i don't want to just like hurry through it but so. okay yeah i mean it's it's like how, how it's, it's hard it's hard to discuss perfection it's, it's just perfect like okay great <laughs> move on it's just three people going dude it was so it was cool so good. It was so dude cool. bro dude um, bro <laughs> yeah um my only i only have two two notes left one of them is when they're in the control room trying to like figure out the door locks and everything else and it cracked me up that and I again totally believable that Ellie would be like trying like would be tech savvy. Like kids are always more tech savvy than, than the adults are, anyways. So that was believable. But when Ellen and Ellie are like struggling to close the door on the raptor, Tim's in the background, just like jumping up and down. Got like his hands <laughs> in his hair, just like <laughs> So there's like, the other that's thing like the child it's, actor coming out where it's yeah, just like it's, Tim act freaked out. And he's like, Okay, I'm gonna jump. The, the other thing that's really funny about that is that Ellie's over there to help him hold the door closed. She's right next to the hinges. Yeah, she's like way, she, way poorly placed. Like, she, the like worst she's not, place. she's not helping at all. Yeah, like not even a little bit. That's the one time she didn't do a good job. Something that we kind of glazed over earlier throughout this whole movie is just the banter back and forth the entire movie between Lex and Tim. Yeah, it's, it's really like good. it's like real life siblings just like bickering Very the much. entire time. So yeah, they're, they're really good. Mm. Um, I mean, other than that, like this, that's the end of the movie. I mean, the, the, my other, my, my final, final note is like the ending is very quick. Um, and that's not, not necessarily a bad thing, but it is over. Like you think, okay, they're probably going to have to like escape these Raptors or someone's going to come in and like have a, you know, maybe Muldoon will pop up, somehow pop back up and shoot them or, you know, something will happen. And no, just, the T-Rex comes in and just kills them and then they, they leave and then it's over. <laughs> and it's like in within five minutes, it's just done. Um, and that isn't, that isn't a critique at all. It just, most movies do not just end like within five minutes of the, the last big action scene. So I thought that was interesting. And it was somehow I've never really thought much about it. I'm just like, okay, that's, that's, how, that's how it ends. Um, but it doesn't, there's not much, there isn't much wrap up. It's just kind of over. Yeah. Well, I mean, the original ending of this movie was that the, like, so there's those skeletons 
that are in the middle. Like there's uh, yeah. well, well, the fossils basically yeah. in the middle of the room. Alan was going to like puppeteer those and like crush the ve velociraptors and stuff. And the T-Rex was not going to come back. And Steven Spielberg was Ooh. like, we got to get the T-Rex back in here because people love the T-Rex. And yeah. I you, say you that's too a much good time call. and too much money building right. this thing. Yeah. Let's bring him back. Right. Spare, so we, we spare no expense. So him being like a, uh, not a ventriloquist. A uh, what are they? What are they called? Ventriloquist, right? Is it ventriloquist? Is the dummies? Oh, you uh, mean like, uh, a, like a puppeteer? Uh, puppeteer, yeah. puppeteer. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like a marionette. marionette. But that's, pilot, that's the uh, word. Uh, piloting like marionette would is like it just doesn't yeah. sound like a very like, solid ending. All of the all of the uh, humans have like one of the one of the big cords. And they're like, hey, pull yours. Hey, pull yours. <laughs> it's like go a levy system. You got go it. Up. Go up. No, not yeah. your left. My left. Ah. <laughs> It's it's a I I hate that I know that the movie's two hours and seven minutes without looking it up, but it's yeah. a fast two hours and so seven fast. minutes. Like yeah. it, the, like the first like 30, 40 minutes, you're like, man, okay, and then from there on, you're like, oh, it's over. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it's not bad. Like that that, that, that to me is like kind of nice. No. So you don't have to like, you don't have to like oh go check any oh make sure you see the kids get, get back to their parents and make sure you see what happened. Well, does El, do, do Alan and, and Ellie get married? Like we don't need to have like full closure on, on all these characters it's just in this is the end of the story like end it that's it's fine and the scene of the t-rex with the the banner falling down around it is like that's like, that's the quintessential jurassic park shot yeah, that is it right there so um anything else though before we kind of wrap things up and we, we can give it a quick score and and i mean that's gonna be easy so this is a top 10 movie of all time for me like easy top 10 top five is very hard for me to like qualify and figure out what's it what's actually in there and what's not i say all the time i say probably for 15 movies this is my top five uh so you know but this is a 10 out of 10 like how could you give it anything other than a 10 it's like an incredible movie it's one of the very few movies i think are pretty much basically perfect um and so it could be top five for me i don't know it's hard to it's hard to figure all that out with all my different fandoms and all the different uh, directors that I really love their work and stuff, but it's it is for sure one of my favorite movies, and it is I'm gonna give it a ten. Um, but I, I, I'll be shocked if anyone gives it much much less than that. But uh, Spencer, go ahead and and uh, close up your thoughts here. I mean, it's there's not really a lot to say about it. I mean, no, there's not yeah. really there's not really a lot to change. Um, watching it so many times through the years and stuff, like you notice things like they don't re like once they kind of like the T Rex breaks out. There's not really a lot of resolution to any major problem other than just getting back to the visitor center. So they don't yeah. really address anything like that. But you don't really need that yeah. as far as the movie goes. Um, it's a 10 out of 10 movie easy. Um, I think that if honestly, I think the movie's hurt by the fact that it's part of a franchise. If this were a yep. one off movie, I don't I don't think there'd be any question about where it ranks in like as all time lists. Probably not. Yeah. But um, OK, Christian. Yeah, I um, agree 100% with everything you guys just said. This movie is easy 10 out of 10 for me. I think it is a perfect, it's close to a perfect film as you can get. Not just talking about like, you know, the different fandoms or the different franchises that I love and have a bunch of time watching invested in them. As a film in and of itself, yeah, it's as close to a perfect film as you can get. Uh, mm -hmm. The pacing is good. Mm -hmm. The detail and everything. There aren't really any loose ends. I mean, no. there's like, and if they are, they're not something that has to be tied up. Like, there's yeah, nothing. Minor, there's like nothing the, that you're the left wondering about. Cancer, the Barbasol right? can't. But even right. then, it's just like the the 
conclusion is that it got, got lost on the island, never made it where it needs to go. So yeah, it's like, and, and that can be like there a, doesn't a, need a to be a thematic idea of like, yeah. you know, this Nedry did all this crap and basically screwed over this entire island for no reason for nothing. I mean, not for no reason because he had a reason, but like it didn't lead to anything it, for him yeah, other than his there death. Was nothing became and of even it, the yeah. people that paid him got nothing out of this. It was like the futility of all that is a theme to some extent. So like it has a meet a purpose, even if it doesn't get resolved fully and completely, like the lack of resolution can be meaningful. So yeah. like, in, in you know, it's all about how intentional that is, but, but still, um, anything else? I, I kind of cut you off there. Oh, no, I, no, I, I, I got all excited about that. <laughs> I mean, there's not really anything else that you know. that you can say about, it. I think it's, it's great. It's on the Mount, Mount Rushmore of greatest movies yeah. of all time. Yeah. Um, I think it's easily a contender with any silver age, golden age film nice. that you can put up. And I think it's easily a contender. Yeah. Like for me, what makes it hard is like how many of each um, like franchise, like do I, do I, do I include several Lord of the Rings movies? Do I just try to pick one of each franchise? And even if I do that, there are several non-franchise movies that I just adore. So saying, 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 saying for me, is this top five or top 10, whatever. It's a 10 out of 10. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And, uh, I am excited. To, I haven't watched any of the other ones in a really long time, so I'm excited to get through the rest of those with you, with you Spencer. But I believe the next person is going to be Vince for Lost World, so we'll try to schedule that, and hopefully we'll have that within the next month. Usually we try to do like once a month for these series, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to hear in that episode, guys, just because I'm going to be sitting there writing stuff down, thinking yeah. about it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Nice. Vince right, is guys. like the other person I would think of because I was – always loved jeff goldblum so like the second one has always been like up there for me and yeah. vince is the, like if i were to think of another person that loved the, the second one too yeah it would have always been mm-hmm. vince would have been my first thought yeah all right so we're gonna head out of here and then we will see you guys in probably roughly a month with with the sequel the lost world hey see ya